worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> this is The Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. Maybe and slightly I'm stuffy, cold. Sarah. <laughs> I know it's weird. I also today have been like, why am I got a weird headachey um, and can, kind of sniffles, but not really. I, I don't can know. tell you why. Because this past weekend, I thought, oh, migraine from this rain. No, ma'am, we are experiencing fall time allergies in the middle of fucking summer because of all this bullshit weather we've been having. It's been cold um, and humid and yucky, so we're getting like mold. And fungus mm. everywhere right now. Mm. Okay. Even that makes worse. sense. Yes. That makes sense. Cause yeah, yeah, I'm like, this is a weird headache, not a normal one. Yeah, it's mold and fungus headaches. That's what we're getting. Terrible. Awful. And the only reason I knew this is because I took my medication, you know, my not my allergy meds, but my migraine meds. I was like, all right, if this doesn't work, then I have to assume it's allergies. Lo and behold. I didn't feel a great amount of better. So I was just like, you know what? F this. I went and got my Advil cold and sinus. I haven't gotten that shit in years. Popped a couple of those bad lads and was on my way. Son bitch. <laughs> I know. I think it was last week when uh, we were talking about this too. I was like, I took Sudafed. Like yeah. that was the only thing that was breaking through. Yeah. It's because of this so fucking weather. Weird. Oh, well. I'm just so frustrated by it. Genuinely. I still don't have red fucking tomatoes in my garden. <laughs> Just need a couple more red hot days, please, so I can have red tomatoes, please. Oh, man. I've gotten this far. I know the weather's super weird this week, too. And for those of you who don't know, we're in Michigan, so it's very unpredictable. And at some point during the week, it's supposed to be 94 degrees. And at another point, it's 71. So yeah, it that's was like where... 92 yesterday. And it's fucking, what, 80 something today. And tomorrow's going to be 60. 
<laughs> it's really <laughs> quite the mind fuck. Um, it's the allergy fuck. Yeah, fuck. it's all the fucks. Oh. <laughs> and now I'm over here gonna I'm gonna look up like on this day weather history. Typically, the end of August is good weather, at least the last little bit, like my, around my birthday, which is the 28th, is typically really good weather. My mom takes that week off for vacation, whether she does something with me or not, because the <laughs> weather is so good. <laughs> so she has a running... uh tally in her head about the weather for the last um 40 years that around my birthday is always beautiful I know we usually always go up north around mm -hmm. this time mm -hmm. and enjoy this year your, I'm going to Greece you know there's that <laughs> unfortunately I don't get to travel with you because of the fact that I purchased a home and it is a fucking expensive place yeah yeah <laughs> home fucking money suck yep they make you adult real fast yeah it's not cool man i mean it needed <laughs> to happen so there's that but fuck this <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i definitely am one of those who does not want to be house poor no so i live within my means because there's always something no i live within my means it's just like you know that starter money that starter mm -hmm. shit i'm accruing Mm -hmm. now oh good lord okay so here's this august 29th of 1982 the lowest temperature was 38 degrees 1982 though well maybe that was like overnight it may have been very well may have been and that was the year before i was born so it doesn't count according to my mother's tally <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> um, there is a lowest daily high from August 25th, 1940, 59 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coldest average temperature, which was below average. Oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. Negative 8.5 degrees Fahrenheit. What are you trying to say here, website? I believe you're wrong. <laughs> It was poorly worded copy. Yes. Um, but speaking of me going to Greece, our next two weeks of podcasts, well, next week you'll go. And then following that, we'll have two replays. Mm -hmm. We won't have new episodes. We're taking a little breaky poo while I'm across the world. Many hiatus. Mm-hmm. And I'll be forever dreaming of what I could be doing in Greek with Nicole. She's there. <laughs> I'll be there in, in Greek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have so many Instagram reels and TikToks that are about Greece because obviously I've done quite a bit of research before deciding exactly which islands to go to and where I was staying and whatnot. And so the algorithm just keeps feeding them to me. And the ones that continuously pop up are the ones of women who are like, I came here for the monuments. And then it's just a series of men. <laughs> they have the men's statues of, in marble. <laughs> I know what she, they're talking about. No, I it's just the art. real men. It's the real men. 
like oh they're like even better yeah like if they rented a boat for the day like the person the captain who's driving the boat their waiter <laughs> the bartender um the whomever like came here for the monuments and then it's just all these beautiful greek men they're wonderful i don't want them to stop you're gonna have a great time genuinely excited <laughs> for you i'll definitely have to make my own version <laughs> you're, i'm just i can't wait for the week's worth of content we're gonna have when you come back honestly you're gonna have a little tidbit for us every time we record with some crazy shit you did and it's yeah. gonna be a full-on riot for sure i will i already have tidbits every time it's my turn to do a story there's a story within the story yeah of how Just did I get here? <laughs> nested. Tucked right in. My story <laughs> for today is quite hilarious. Oh, yay. Yeah. It's very funny. So I I went to a gay bar on Saturday night, and I've been there many, many times, and I have been there with my same friend every time, almost. And um we uh, we're just going to stop by for, you know, a drink or Casually. two, maybe, Casually, you know, yeah. after dinner. And it was pretty like chill crowd. There wasn't a lot going on. Neither of us were aware of the show that was going to happen. It was called Lust City. Oh, <laughs> did Lusty Brown show up? Um. I don't remember the drag queen's name, but there was a drag show. Terrible drag show attendee. (laughs) So the drag queen was kind of like an MC, if you will. And then there were these male performers. Okay. Okay. Not drag performers, but like. No, they they were not in drag. Yeah. Right. So men performing as men. Yes. Okay. And like. The one guy, which I don't know if he's trying to be a porn star or what, but <laughs> he had been. he had on a harness and across the harness was one of those like digital signs and it had his name. So it just kept flashing by like Jordan Star, Jordan Star. It worked because oh, I remember his name, amazing. but not the drag queen. So smart. <laughs> Could you imagine outfitting yourself with like one of those LED banners and be like, all right, people are bitches are going to remember me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's awesome so not only did these performers do little dances and whatnot fadalas they also had to work the crowd Mm -hmm. and um so did you guys get accosted no but as they got like I don't, well, they weren't even that far away from me. Like, I was pretty close to the stage. But when we were on the patio and they're working the crowd stuff, and I'm seeing them just kind of walk around casually, I'm like, how does that little pouch that they're wearing hold everything? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a fair question. I'm like, they're so small. I feel like it's also the same concept as like your big old titty. How did it fit in that dress you gave me so many years ago? I have no idea because it's super tight on me. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, miracles happen every day, Nicole. We're just, we're just. Well, because they didn't have to tuck because they weren't in drag. Right. right. Yeah. So I was like, are they just not packing? Or is it really just holding mostly balls? Like, <laughs> And um, 
so <laughs> Brent, he goes, well, when you get like when you go to the tailor, they'll ask you if you dress to the left or the right. And I was like, what? <laughs> Hang on a second. This is news to me. I this, know. This Justin, I was today years old and I used to go to a tailor. Like I should know this shit. But you're I not don't. a man. You don't have a penis. It doesn't matter. I should know these things. <laughs> so anyway, and then he goes, well, or maybe he's got a piercing. Maybe he's got a Prince Albert. What does that have to do with how the size? What? What? Here we go. Oh, fuck. Of course I had to ask. <laughs> I just tee you up. So Prince Albert refers to a penile piercing. And Prince Albert was married to Queen Victoria. So Queen Victoria is our hoe of history today. But this is... <laughs> but this is not, you know, 100% maybe accurate. I'm just getting information from Quora. You know, the thing yeah, where yeah. you ask questions. I think, I think people know, but just as a caveat every once in a while, we got to let them know again. Everything we tell you can be found on the internet. We are not in any way, shape, or form bringing you guys up to speed on something that's like, like in breaking. <laughs> so Prince Albert is reported to have had a penile piercing done prior to his marriage to Victoria. I don't even consider that as an option in that era like did people genuinely consider piercing their fucking body parts back then i feel like i don't know well will you let me tell you why i just i'm so sorry i'm sorry <laughs> is it from the clap no uh, so during the early part of the 19th century beau brummel a friend of prince regent later george the fourth started the craze for ultra-tight men's trousers. So men wore really tight pants because this bow guy wore them. And because the trousers were so tight, the penis needed to be held to one side or the other so as to not create an unsightly bulge. To accomplish this, some men had their penis pierced to allow it to be held by a hook on the inside of the trousers. The piercing was called a dressing ring at the time because tailors would ask if a gentleman dressed to the left or the right and the tailor tailored the trousers accordingly. Tailors still to this day ask if you dress to the left or the right. And you could have seen my whole face that I am <laughs> astounded at the moment. Uh, another theory suggests that Prince Albert suffered from Peyronie's disease and had the piercing done in an attempt to straighten his penis. Um, however, there's no concrete evidence of that at all. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I learned over the weekend. Jen being like, you know what? I got to put a hole in my dick so I can put it to the left. It's not riding proper in these pants right now. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but also, considering the fact that they were like, no bulge. No, no, no. We just need to plaster it right to our leg. So, right. make that crotch go real high, bud. We're going to, you know, split the difference. <laughs> like, does ever, did all their balls go to the left and right? Or is it just like, do the dick go one way, balls go the other? How do we do this? I am so 
curious. I have to ask him now when he comes home. <laughs> I just have so many questions. <laughs> I think the Pauls stayed where they were. And the penis just I don't know. Moved. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Uh so that's how we came to talking about Queen Victoria today. <laughs> little life prompt never hurt anybody oh man and then a very (laughs) another very very funny thing that happened is one of brent's friends who i had just met for the first time that night randomly asked me like brent walked away to like go to the bathroom or whatever and so it's just the two of them and so i don't know if he felt the pressure to make small talk or what but he asked me just he was like do you want any bunnies what what are those? I'm so far removed. Anymore. No, actual bunnies as a oh. pet. Oh because yeah. No. Yeah, okay. He has two he had two rabbits or has two rabbits. He thought they were both boys, but they're not. So he's got like Buster and Chester. And Chester is actually Literally, a girl. Chest her. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, I've got them on the Facebook group, like rehoming, whatever, blah blah blah. He's like, Are you sure you don't want any bunnies? Oh yeah, this person just needs to get rid of bunnies. That's it. I get. He's like take they're for free. Of any opportunity. Yep. He they're was for free. Trying to get He's rid like, of I have to get rid of them before they hit puberty and start fucking each other. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, fuck like rabbits is a real thing. That's an actual phrase for a reason. <laughs> I am not shocked by this. Find it hilarious. Not shocked. <laughs> so you want some bunnies? Who are you again? <laughs> Wait. Oh, that's right. You're his friend. Okay. <laughs> I know. It was very funny time. It is a funny time. Oh, man. So, Victoria. <laughs> she was queen <laughs> of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland from June 20th, 1837 until her death in 1901. Her reign of 63 years and 216 days is known as the Victorian era and was longer than any of her predecessors. I mean, yeah. The only person who reigned for longer is Elizabeth II, who just passed away. Yes. What was her? What was Elizabeth II's reign again? It was like 90. No. It was 80 something years, wasn't it? Yeah. She started when she was like 12. Young. No, she was like early 20s because she was already married. Fine, fair. I mean, also <laughs> could have been 12. <laughs> true, true, but you know. Um, no, she was young. She was early 20s, I think. So yeah, it must have been like around 70, 80 years or something. Sheesh. Um, so Victoria was born at Kensington Palace in London on May 24th, 1819. Queen Victoria was originally named Alex Alexdrina Alexdrina Victoria um it was after her godfather Tsar Alexander the first um but she always preferred to go by her middle name which was Victoria or the nickname Drina Hmm. so yeah Hmm. I thought that was interesting the more you know (laughs) I was like Drina that sounds sassy it does um Okay, girl, you go ahead and be an individual. (laughs) (laughs) So she was the only daughter of Edward, the Duke of Kent, and her father died shortly after her birth, like within the first year. I don't even think she was one years old. That's sad. And uh, so she became heir to the throne at 18 years old. 
because her father's three brothers, so her uncles, all died without having legitimate children. Oh? Yeah. Well, I guess that's what happens when you're inbred. (laughs) Quit swimming, I guess. Well, it says legitimate children. So there's backstory there. Some of them, they're, yeah, I know. But just for the shits and gigs of it all, um, some of them didn't get married till later or they couldn't have babies or they lost their children in birth or infancy. All, you know, I mean, all the reasons. Children with sex workers, you know, the bastards. Yes. So, uh, Victoria described her childhood as melancholy. Um, her, (laughs) yeah, her mother was extremely protective and Victoria was raised very isolated from other children under this like made up system. It's called the Kensington system. (laughs) Hmm? It's an elaborate set of rules and protocols devised by her mother, the Duchess, and her ambitious and domineering comptroller, Sir John Conroy. So Sir John Conroy was just basically her mom's lover, her mom's boyfriend, because remember, her dad passed away. So this Kensington system prevented Victoria from meeting people um, that her parents or her mom and boyfriend considered undesirable. So she (laughs) basically didn't, she basically did not know a lot of her father's family because they were considered undesirable. Oh my, that's aggressive. Mm -hmm. He was, he was on board with it or no, he was dead. Yeah. He was dead. Is this is the mom and boyfriend. Um, so they tried to purposefully like make her weak and dependent on them. They isolated her even so much so that she slept in her mother's bedroom. <gasps> yes. This poor woman. I know. I know. She didn't Victoria didn't even learn that she was in line to become queen. Like she didn't even learn about her having this potential role. Until she was in a history lesson when she was 10 years old. Hang on a second. So this girl was brought up not knowing who she was to society for 10 years. She knew she was a princess. She didn't know that she was in line to be queen. I don't know. I think it may have made her more humble. I'm just saying it. you know if it seems like the ones who do know what they're in for you know the inheritance and all that get real fucking icky they're icky people so maybe I, it's for the best yeah i mean it's just unfortunate that she found out during a history an, lesson during her history lesson um so better than finding out when she's getting sainted in or knighted in or what the fuck ever <laughs> like what was that movie that uh at her coronation she's yeah, like oh I guess it's me, no. Me? So from 1830 to 1835, Victoria was around 11 to 16 years old. 
her mom and John took her on these journeys around England to visit all these towns um, and make public appearances. Hello, I'm your future queen. Hello. Yes. So she was welcomed everywhere she went, but she hated doing them. Like they were exhausting and they had her on a very strict agenda and she would actually end up sick quite often from the lack of rest and just like you know meeting all these people and stuff yeah can you imagine the amount of cesspoolness in those places at that no right shaking anybody's hand you don't wipe your you didn't clean your hand right like it with your bare hand sick so she even recalls like being really really sick and her mom and john trying to take advantage of her during that time and and trying to convince her to give john a position of power to be like her private security or to be on her staff or something but victoria never fell for it i mean i feel bad that she lost her father because it seems like maybe he was the one that had the common sense (laughs) (laughs) i could be very wrong on that but it's just it's it's like screaming child star. Right. Yes. Um, so Victoria turned 18 on May 24th, 1837. And less than a month later, in June, William IV died at the age of 71. And Victoria became queen of the United Kingdom. Hey. <laughs> so she was 18 for one month and then she was queen. Yeah, that's kind of like people who go to jail on their 18th birthday, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she kept um, insanely detailed diaries her entire life. There's so many excerpts from her diaries. I did not want to include a ton of quotes. I just included this one, though, and it says... I was awoke at 6 o'clock by Mama, who told me the Archbishop of Canterbury and Lord Conningham were here and wished to see me. I got out of bed and went into my sitting room and I was only in my dressing gown. I was alone and I saw them. Lord Conningham then acquainted me that my poor uncle, the king, was no more and had expired at 12 minutes past two this morning and consequently that I am queen. (laughs) Could you imagine? Fuck! I'd be so pissed. I would be pissed. (laughs) Furious. Official documents were prepared that day. um, And again, she did not want her first name to be used. So at her own wish, the documents only listed her as Victoria. Fair enough, man. Fuck it. She's the queen. She can do whatever the hell she wants. Speaking of which, as soon as she became queen, she banned John from her presence. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm touching. You know what? I've had enough of you and just face pushes him. Oh, could you imagine how good that had to feel? Yeah. So he continued to live with her mother, but she also then exiled her mother to a distant set of apartments when they moved into Buckingham (laughs) Palace. I love you, but not enough to be by you. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs> so Queen Victoria is the first reigning monarch to actually take up residence in Buckingham Palace. And it needed a lot of restorations or renovations and everything. And so um, anyway, 
it was huge enough though to send her mother off to like these side apartments and um British Prime Minister Lord Melbourne became her trusted advisor and confidant. And I didn't see a lot of information about their relationship other than them being very close. There was only one source that said that they had a quote unquote romantic friendship. Oh, dear. I wonder um, if he was the gay best friend. He was really old compared to her. So, and best friend for. I'm thinking that. She might have looked up to him in a fatherly way, and he might have viewed her a little bit differently, maybe. maybe. All speculation. Of course, of course. I'm hopeful that he was a good human to her, but we we don't know. Well, he had a lot of influence over her, and not always in the best ways. Um, He oftentimes would minimize social issues and just find a small group of like what he called agitators to blame the problems on and victoria is none the wiser um so he he weaves his way in and out of the story quite a bit um so anyway victoria starts out popular with the crowd and with the public right but then quickly there's some drama and so now she like loses public opinion within like the first year (laughs) she accused one of the maids her name was lady flora of having an affair with john and that lady flora was pregnant i mean that's a pretty aggressive accusation but yes. I imagine it was accurate also. It was not. Boo. So that's why people were like, yeah, boo. So Victoria made her do like a intimate examination where it actually revealed that Lady Flora was a virgin. And she ended up dying shortly after all of this. And it was discovered that she had a tumor on her liver that made her abdomen extend. That's awful. Yeah. Did Victoria feel terrible? I would have. I, by proxy, feel terrible. (laughs) Yeah. No, not even by proxy. So, after that, the public referred to her as Mrs. Melbourne, you know, the Prime Minister, Lord Mm. Melbourne, at public appearances, and it was meant to be an insult. Yeah, that is an insult. So, um... Lord Melbourne was part of the Whig political party and Lady Flora was a Tory. And so there was a political divide here. Mm -hmm. And Tories are supporters of the conservative party. So there ended up being even more drama between these two political parties and arguments and stuff between leaders. It all kind of surrounded Victoria in a way. And there was even a time where Lord Melbourne wasn't in office, but it didn't last long. He ended up taking office again, and it's very much due to his inf- influence over Victoria. So well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Boo, 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 boo. Well, when she lives with narcissistic parents like that, it's going to open her up to be that kind of a, you know, victim. Well, when you're 18 and given full control over. Right. There's that too. <laughs> you would imagine, I would imagine like, 
a responsible woman would have been like, child, you're going to be queen soon. I must get you all the right people in front of all the right people so you can learn how to battle these battles and then then didn't. Doesn't sound like that happened. No. Um, so Melbourne even influenced her to get married early so that she could get further away from her mother. Because since she was only 18, she was very young, so there was a lot of social pressure for her to continue to live with her mother. People thinking that her mother would be, like you said, helping her, right? So one way for her to get around those social pressures was to get married. Oh, wow. So if you have a husband, then you don't need to have your mom around. Why can't you just be without (laughs) any of them? Because it's 1840. Oh, I know. Trust me, we still get it now. Why are you still single? Bitch, I'm choosing this life. Right. So Victoria got to know two potential suitors. She ended up becoming infatuated with one of them. She met him four years before they got married. So it wasn't necessarily like a rushed uh, build up. I guess, but it was still kind of felt like a rushed marriage. Um, And so that was to Prince Albert of Germany, who we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. who sure also did. is her first cousin. All right. Incestuous. They are incestuous. <laughs> yeah. Victoria was, though, like really infatuated with him. There's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of like I said, quotes from her diary and journals and whatever about how she felt about him and how taken she was with him on their wedding night and how attracted she was to him and all this stuff. And um, she actually ended up proposing to him. Yeah. She proposed to him in 1839 and then... That was only five days after he got to Windsor for a visit because he was from Germany. Uh And then a year later, they were married in 1840. And she was just like completely love struck. Smitten. Yep. So at the time of her wedding, it was common for wedding dresses to come in like a variety of colors. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen Victoria, however, wished to show off the lace embroidery of her dress and requested it in white. She also asked that none of her guests wear white so as to not draw attention away from her. And she even had the pattern for her dress destroyed so that it could be not copied. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. Do we have it? Did somebody recreate it at some point in life? <laughs> I That's don't a, know. That is aggressive. That is an aggressive move. So... She is credited with starting the You Wear White Wedding Dresses. Who fucking knew? I thought it was 100% religious bullshit that caused you no, to need that. I knew that it was her. I had not. not she wondered. also set a trend for funerals, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> no, I knew Queen Victoria was behind it. Um, she accessorized her dress with an 18-foot train. Uh, white satin shoes, Turkish diamond earrings, a sapphire brooch that belonged to Prince Albert. So there's her like something, something blue. blue. And over her veil, the queen wore a wreath of myrtle and orange blossoms. Hmm. So uh, Albert became 
an important political advisor as well. And he actually became a little bit more dominant than Lord Melbourne in regards to who the who the queen would kind of sway towards. And um, uh, Albert tried to actually repair the relationship between Victoria and her mother. So um, and his aunts, right? <laughs> yeah. So like with his mediation things did improve but victoria did evict her mother from the palace when she got married <laughs> all right you're done bye thank you no bye-bye okay uh, bye-bye all right bye-bye but apparently he tried to help make things better so victoria's first pregnancy was in 1840 the same year she got married like it was within the first few months of marriage and um while she was pregnant uh it was her first assassination attempt on her. <laughs> and I say first because there were eight of them. Eight. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So this 18 year old guy, Edward Oxford attempted to assassinate her while she was riding in a carriage with Prince Albert on her way to visit her mother. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. That's something. So he shot a gun twice but neither of the bullets hit her. And uh, he later claimed, though, that, like, that there were no shots. I think he was just a bad shot. Mm -hmm. Um, So her daughter was born November 1840, and she, of course, also named her Victoria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the queen actually hated being pregnant. (laughs) She viewed breastfeeding as disgusting and thought newborn babies were ugly. So I vibe with that. Yeah, she wasn't into it. However, over the following 17 years, her and Albert had eight more children. She had a total of nine children. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of rumors and speculation on the interwebs about how into sex she was and like how what a high sex drive she had. I imagine she had a very high sex drive. So and she went through when she was younger. 100p. And she was so attracted to him and everything, right? So even though she hated having babies, she loved having sex. So she just kept getting pregnant. <laughs> wow. Um. So nearly all of her nine children got married and had kids. So she had 42 grandchildren. And like, so those royal families all ruled monarchies across the continent. And she also had 37 great-grandchildren alive at her death. Wow. So, you know, Queen Elizabeth II, who just passed away, was a great-great-grandchild of. Yeah. That's um, insanity. uh, Victoria. Yes. Insane amount of children and families. And they're all ruling various countries and lands and whatnot like part of what made queen victoria so successful is that she had her children married off to oh i'm disgusted by it too i'm disgusted by the colonization of things yeah makes me sick ew 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 and they're all little incest babies running around (laughs) i'm judging fucking judging Uh, yep so initially 
Um, at the beginning of their marriage, Queen Victoria didn't really want her husband to share in like government of the country, but it only took about six months of uh persuasion from Lord Melbourne to allow her husband to start like seeing through on things. And um then he started being present with her when she would see her like ministers and things like that. Um basically during her first pregnancy her husband received the like key to the secret boxes which if you've ever watched the crown there's like a box that's delivered to the queen and she's the only one who's supposed to go through the documents um but because she had one unwanted pregnancy followed by another and another and another she became increasingly dependent on albert (laughs) yeah i imagine so So Albert actually assumed quite a political role and him and Melbourne would conspire. That's too bad. I'm bummed that he wasn't called on to watch the children while she continued to run the country. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I guess she had the boobies, so. Um, so under Victoria's reign, which I I don't want to like, I don't know belittle her influence or belittle her work because of so much going towards her husband and Lord Melbourne. I mean, again, she, she was the one of the longest running, uh, Mm -hmm. Queens up until recent times. And, um, the fact that she survived eight assassination attempts and (laughs) nine children, and whatnot it's like okay so we'll just kind of reset ourselves here because during victoria's reign which is called the victorian era great britain experienced unprecedented expansion in industry building railways bridges underground sewers power distribution networks um their advances in science like charles darwin's theory of evolution the there was technology that was added like the telegraph and the popular press um there were a bunch of inventions and a lot of wealth um and growth of cities like manchester leeds birmingham um birmingham yeah there was increased <laughs> literacy and more philanthropic work being done um Britain expanded its actual imperial reach. It doubled in size. It encompassed Canada, Australia, India, and various parts of Africa and the South Pacific. So um, she was actually the first monarch to ride on a train. Huh. You know, so like there was a major, major changes in movement and everything that was happening while she was queen. So anyway, um, during that time also, though, I couldn't find a lot of reasons then why people wanted to shoot her. She's a woman. <laughs> it could be as simple as that. And change so, is scary. Right? I guess. I mean, so we talked about the first uh, assassination attempt. And he was accused of treason for his crime, but he was found not guilty for reasons of insanity and sent to an insane asylum. 
<laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. You then just told me I um, shot somebody. Who are I, who am I? <laughs> yeah. So then there were three attempts on her life in 1842. Two of the three were by the same man. His name was John Francis. And he was an unemployed carpenter. He attempted to shoot the queen after her Sunday morning service. And on his second effort, he actually was promptly arrested. And he was sent off to Tasmania. (laughs) All right. We let you get away with the first one. Second one, straight to Tasmania. Yes. Yeah. He actually became a successful carpenter, but. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Then a year later uh robert pat pate a former officer used a brass tipped cane to hit the queen in the head his attack was the only one that actually caused victoria any harm and the mark on her forehead supposedly took over a decade to go away and (laughs) he was arrested and sentenced to seven years in the tasmanian penal colony (laughs) of course why not (laughs) the tasmania you go (laughs) Um, another final attempt that took place in 1882 when a Scottish poet named Roderick McLean shot at Queen Victoria's train carriage with a pistol as it left the Windsor train station. I get it. This was McLean's eighth attempt at assassinating Victoria. He tried for, he was tried for high treason and was pronounced not guilty, but insane (laughs) and was confined to an asylum until his death in 1921. Okay, I'm sorry, but their legal system is a thousand times worse than ours will ever be after that last comment. <laughs> Not guilty, but he is fucking crazy. So did he actually try to assassinate her eight different times? Or is he in La La Land living his best life, <laughs> making shit up? And they're like, just in case, we're going to put you away. Because you could be bait. You could be bait. Uh, Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. So historian Dr. Bob Nicholson, he was on a BBC podcast who has looked into all of these attempts on her life. He told the Daily Mail, Mail Online, that the early attacks on the queen became came because she was very publicly accessible. He said that um, he was surprised by how often she would go for carriage rides and there was no security. So she I mean- was just out there right was she and, more out there than any of the other motherfuckers in royalty well yes because people could actually come up to her carriage and touch it wow i mean that's cool though yeah for her to operate like that i hope it was intentional and it wasn't she just didn't know better i don't know but they only had guards like riding ahead of her but nothing like the security that we, we see now, you know course. what I mean? Like, so literally somebody could reach out and touch her carriage. Her bopper in the head with a brass cane. Right. <laughs> she probably saw some stars. <laughs> yeah. Actually had a concussion. Because yeah. This man concussed me. Yeah. But he's not, he's not guilty. <laughs> uh, he's just a nutcase. He's just crazy. It's fine. Um, so then in March 1861, Victoria's mother died and Victoria was actually at her side. And she realized after her mother passed, reading through some of her like journals and papers and things that 
Um, her mother had loved her very deeply. Um, so then Victoria was kind of heartbroken because their relationship had so much turmoil. Um, and so she actually ended up blaming John and a few others for like estranging her from her mother. I blame him too. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck you, John. Um, so since Victoria was in such grief, Albert again took on a lot of duties and he though wasn't in all that great health either. He had like chronic stomach problems. From and the so, incest, probably. <laughs> well, so her mom passed away in March and then at the beginning of December, her husband was diagnosed with typhoid fever and oh, he no. passed away in December. Oh, so within no. the same year, she lost both of them. Could you imagine? So she was devastated. No kidding. Um, so she entered into this state of mourning where she wore black for the remainder of her life. Mm. So that's Weird. where the wearing black to funerals comes from. Okay. Oh, my and gosh. So she avoided like public appearances and rarely set foot in London. She um she secluded herself so much that the public called her the widow of Windsor. Oh boy. Yeah, and her weight increased pretty dramatically through the years, which they're saying due to like comfort eating. Um, but it made her even more uh insecure about going out in public. And so, like, I read somewhere, and I it's not in my notes because I read it and then lost it and whatever, but it's reported that at, um, at one point, her waist was 50 inches, and yeah. she was only five feet tall. Oh, yeah. All right. That's a problem. So, you're, reaching yeah. that, you're reaching that one-to-one ratio there. It's not okay. <laughs> right. Right. You can't be as tall as you are wide, girl. Right. <laughs> So, um, obviously because she wasn't out doing her due diligence and being with the public, she lost popularity. Um, the Republican movement started taking over, started growing. Um, so she would try to do her like governmental duties, but still remained, you know, in her Royal residence as she would do them. And uh, she had like three or four different places that they had built and or castles that they had bought or whatever. So she often would also like not even be technically in England. Um, so through the 1860s, Victoria relied increasingly on a manservant from Scotland. His name was John Brown. And there's rumors that they had a romantic connection and even like a secret marriage and so then she started getting the nickname Mrs. Brown. This poor woman, she can't go, she can't live a decade without a new nickname. <laughs> she can't just live her life period. Like she is just Yeah, so there was somebody else's something. There was a movie made in 1997 called Mrs. Brown, no which shit. was based on the story of this relationship. Wow, that's the disrespect right there. Let's just go ahead and fucking put it in the wound. <laughs> <laughs> so historians though have gone through all of her journals and never found any evidence of an affair but she I, did love him i feel like she would have mentioned it in her journals it right? says that she loved him 
but it didn't say anything about gay best friend. Yeah. So, um, she gradually like resumed some of her public duties at this time by like 1868, 1870, something like that. British prime minister, Benjamin Disraeli was the one who was like really pushing her to like come back into society. And, um, he, he really encouraged her to use her influence to, support peace and reconciliation among the various countries that were at war during the time. And um, she actually, due to his advice, became the Empress of India in 1877. And um, 1887, 10 years later, was the Queen's Golden Jubilee, which marked her 50th anniversary And then she had a diamond jubilee a decade later in 1897 for her 60th anniversary. And platinum next. (laughs) That then changed her nickname again because she's now shifted her image and become popular and become like this peacemaker. So now her nickname is Grandmother of Europe. (laughs) She had to go through it to come out on top. You know what I mean? That kind of pressure really does make diamonds, I guess. Oh, Lord. So Queen Victoria died from a cerebral hemorrhage on Tuesday, January 22nd, 1901, after feeling weakened over the Christmas period. Historians suggest that the cause of her death is likely related to her carrying the gene of hemophilia, a blood clotting disease passed down from her parents. And Victoria also passed this genetic disorder on to three of her nine children. And so hemophilia or hemophilia is sometimes called, quote unquote, the royal disease for this reason. Oh, Christ. Because it's, yes, it's being passed down because of incest. (laughs) The royal disease. Yes. It's called incest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Does Does not typically occur in children who are not... Made by incest. So, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, but they had to put a little glitz and glam on it. They had to do a little spin, call it the yeah. royal disease, because, yeah. you know, they're all princesses and everything. You know, just, oh. So, Ew. her youngest child, Princess Beatrice, spent much of her life by her mother's side. Um, She became the editor of her mother's journals. And... Princess Beatrice died in November 1944. And so she was the last surviving child of Queen Victoria's. So a couple of fun facts here. Uh, Queen Victoria was multilingual. She was fluent in both English and German. Her mother was German and her husband was German. She also studied French, Italian, and Latin. Besides just setting the stage for weddings and funeral attire. She also sets the stage for Christmas tree attire. (laughs) (laughs) Decorating a Christmas tree became a custom when her and Albert would do it. So they basically sent out images of the Royal family decorating a tree that were published. And then all the British families started doing the same. Oh my God. I had no clue. Once again, I was always like, what does a tree have to do with Jesus when I was little? 
you know, I never really put the two together and I never really questioned it. I was like, this is how life is. I'm not questioning it. That makes some sense now. Well, they also would send decorated trees to schools and army barracks. I mean, as like a holiday wish thing, like as like a nice thing to do. It's a strange thing to do, but I'm here for it, you know? <laughs> you think about it. Bringing in the holiday spirit. Let's chop down a tree and put some weird shit on it. Send it to them. They'll make them happy. <laughs> like a new version of a flower. I don't understand it really. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah you got to water this a lot for like the next couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> for weeks. Uh, so as I mentioned, she was the first monarch to ride a train. Um, like I said, there was rapid technological advancement and industrialization, but also photography. So a lot of these advancements and her being the first one to do them was captured in history. Yeah. Um, I was she say, was. I feel like a lot of artists came up during that time too. Yeah. The tech that was coming up. She was only four feet eleven inches tall. Oh. And um, I will leave on this paragraph that I basically just a hundred percent stole copy and pasted. <laughs> I am paraphrasing. Actually, no, I'm just going to direct quote nope. this one. <laughs> it's from Britannica.com. I'm pretty sure. Um, her essential achievement was simple by the length of her reign, the longest in British history until that of Elizabeth II, she had restored both dignity and popularity to a tarnished crown an achievement of character as well as longevity. Historians may differ in their assessment of her political acumen, her political importance, or her role as a constitutional monarch, but none will question her high sense of duty or the transparent honesty, the massive simplicity, or her royal character. That's awesome. So articles used for the story today were dailymail.co.uk, rmg.co.uk biography.com history.com townandcountrymag.com royal.uk britannica.com and our good friends at wikipedia.org and gang go donate on behalf of the homance please and thank you <laughs> so we don't have patreon just go donate to wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so... um, Well, thank you. Thank you for bringing Queen Victoria to our lives today. Because I was not aware, obviously. Oh, and let's not forget the Prince Albert piercing. It's kicked it off with Prince Albert, you know. <laughs> I was just... I'm so confounded by that potential history there of the dressing ring. Right, because in um, your mind, you're automatically like, oh my god, so the the penis piercing is functional circular and inside the pant there's some sort of tie or hook or something you know you're like oh my god like is it necessary was it did it flap did they flap around so aggressively in these pants it wasn't the flapping it was the bulging right right i get that but like doesn't it naturally just go to one side or another did you have to strap well partially yes it does well, you know, that's why they ask do you dress the left or the right right no i get that but i'm just saying like why did we need to secure it with a ring is my point that's an aggressive move <laughs> you know what man. let's just be sure let's just put a ring on it, Scrap it. 
strap it in. You know, just a hook, a little hook should be fine. <laughs> I'm like thinking of like my duvet cover. Exactly. Like what the fuck? You stay in place now. <laughs> <laughs> little bow. Oh Lord. Holy well, shit. Time for Atta Girls. Sure the fuck is. I know you've got one ready to go. Let it rip, sister. I do. Atta Girls are where we pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or something good that's happened to us. My Atta Girl is that I had six very full bags of <laughs> lawn trimmings and whatnot. Actually, you know what? I shouldn't even say trimmings because it wasn't the grass. It was literally cutting down overgrowth from everywhere. Everywhere. Yard. Everywhere. So I had let it go on for too long. Then it took me three hours to do yard cleanup. My God, it used to take me a full weekend when I would let it go for too long. I, you, you did great. Congratulations. <laughs> At a girl. I went out there with a mission. You sure the fuck did. The problem is that since I live in a city and I don't have a like fire pit or anything, I have to break the all the little branches down into smaller branches to fit into the bag. Fucking sucks. That's really what's probably the most time consuming. Yeah. Trust me. I get it. I would burn things in my old yard in a, like a little burn ring that had been put there and then it rusted through. So I propped it up with bricks because it rusted through as it was on fire. But I just continued to use it for years after that. Just kidding. <laughs> and I would put some weird shit in there and light it on fire. Nature, of course. Never anything like a tire or anything like that. But. It was a solid investment. It was a solid $20 find, you know? <laughs> so what's your at a girl? Um, I ended up doing quite a bit on Sunday this weekend compared to my Saturday, which was not productive at all because I gave myself a hall pass to just do whatever. So I woke up on Saturday and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and drink my coffee and, and watch this TV shit and, and, not, and not life for a minute. Just like let, allow myself to enjoy an hour or two of tv for no reason just because i want to watch it so i did that and then sunday i got up and i was really motivated to do all of my chores and so i did them yep and got them done yeah i mean saturday is actually usually my down day and then i get busy again on sunday which i don't know if that is normal or average or however you want to phrase it i think a lot of people view sunday as their down day, day but i don't know i can't i kind of use sunday I... as my kickoff yeah because otherwise i can't relax it's fucking the day before the torture chamber you gotta get back up and do it all over again <laughs> <laughs> i like to keep my mind off of it by doing things that are productive around my home and really enjoying my saturday by not yeah doing the fucking thing i watched uh <coughs> some really dark tv over the weekend played on me i Watched the documentary about Glee. That's a fucked up, fucked up, fucked I, up story. You obviously know the three cast members who died from Glee because it's all over the headlines. However, you're not made aware of the people behind the scenes. Who are also crew. passing away. Yes. In mass. It was. Wow. fucked up story it's the best one wow. of the best docu-series i've encountered in the last five years 
And then I watched the one about Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. That's another fucking good one. Where have you been? I'm blown away by this. You didn't watch those yet? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) So much to unpack. I mean, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper with the Army Hammer story. Oh, yeah. It is. To the Nazis. uh, To Soviet Russia. (laughs) And he's a cannibal. Well, I don't like that so much attention is being put on that versus his actual abuse towards women. Like there's no, like he says, he says cannibalistic things, whether or not he's actually done that or not is questionable. However, the abuse that he's put onto women disguising it as BDSM, which really was not true because there is obviously lack of consent and force um i would prefer that he not have the cannibalism title prior or above his abuser title yeah i would agree with that and because my cat's hanging out on my arm i can't do a full-fledged google on my laptop but the last time i checked this man was working as a timeshare salesman in like the Bahamas or something. Huh. That was the last and that was when that, that he doesn't need to work, I don't think. No, he doesn't have any money left. His father though got all of the inheritance. Yeah, but his father's not giving it to him. I don't know. Either way, yes. If you haven't, please go watch those two because what the fuck? Well, and then after that, I was just like, oh my God, I gotta come out of this. <laughs> that was some dark shit. I know. It's insane. Then I had to like watch Love Island and like cooking shows because Jesus. I also, while having those shows on, because there's not like, it's like three, four episodes per per docuseries yeah they're not long um i was doing my queen victoria homework (laughs) yeah so i don't know i just so let's see july 5th 2023 this is from vulture three years after announcing their separation almost the day elizabeth chambers and army hammer are divorced tmz reports that hammer will be paying 1500 a month in child support but that he has no income at the moment. Settlement also states that neither party will let the children meet a new romantic interest unless he or she has been insignificant and exclusive relationship for that with that person for more than a, six months. So, but okay, so he he doesn't have any money. He has no cash flow at the moment. He's been in debt almost in his entire his entire reign as Army Hammer, the actor. He was in debt in 2020 with Amex for like almost 100k. Wow. Yeah, he's not doing well. <laughs> huh. I feel bad that his ex-wife got conned into marrying that. him and having his children. Me too. I feel so bad for those women. I mean, she didn't she wasn't part of the documentary at all. She no. wasn't in- included. I just can only imagine that there was a lot of uh smoke and mirrors going on yeah you know just a lot of it 
just a lot Ugh. oh man awful, awful awful i'm waiting to to watch the one about the about maya on netflix there oh is naya a, Rivera. no maya there's something about maya or whatever it's the documentary where the everybody kept telling everybody uh kept accusing the mom of having munchausen by proxy when she really didn't oh. thought it was oh. actually very sick huh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that one's crossed my path. It's like a newer documentary on Netflix that, you know, came across. And I was like, mm, too deep for me yet. I got we'll get there. I did watch the new Mario movie. It was fucking great. <laughs> it probably is. I know. I like I should have done that as a palate cleanser. It it's a good one. Genuinely, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's like, oh, this reinvigorated me to be like, you know, this is all right. Everything's okay. <laughs> Cloudy with the chance meatballs does that for me too. Both of them. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like, I'll stay on top of Love Island. I've watched all 32 episodes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you, if you guys liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. We'd tell love for friends. you to tell your friends. It really helps us out when you guys do reviews and give us five stars. So. <laughs> Um, you can also submit a hoe of history that you'd like us to cover and you can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles, send us a DM or comment with a, a name and then, or you know what, you can even email us at, uh, podcast at gmail.com. And then we have homance merch on my Etsy shop, etsy.com slash shop slash Nicole Bonneville and, um, a closed group that just keeps hanging on and it's on facebook <laughs> the home is chronicles the judgment free zone just keeps hanging on <laughs> <laughs> <Homance> out. 